Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, social bonding. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Mm. Um. Ekbeth. <laughs> okay. Moderate. Okay. Uh, Kayla. Yeah. Do we have any new housekeeping? I don't think so. Um. No, I think by the time you're listening to this, we already did Comic Con. So. Yep. Hopefully, uh, at least one person showed up. Yeah. Oh, we were we were on another podcast, isn't this one called Pride Connection? And we went on with our lovely friend Changeling, who you may know from the internet, and we just talked about a spec stuff and accessibility stuff, and it was a goob time. So, if you go to changeling.mx/sfbo. You can listen oh, to it. We have our own little link. Yeah. We're so special. Yes, yes. Thank you for having us, Changeling. I think by the time you hear this, my episode of Bacon and Eggs will be out. I went back to Bacon and Eggs, the movie lovers mm-hmm. podcast. This time without Sarah, mm-hmm. because she was not invited. I wasn't invited, no. Um, to talk about Twilight, my new obsession. And I know what you're thinking. How fun to hear an A-spec perspective on a trashy romance movie. I can't wait to hear Kayla hate on it. That is not what you will receive um, <laughs> from any of the parties on the podcast. So, spoiler alert, all three of us gave it a 100 out of 100. So, wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, check it out. Our good friends, <laughs> Ethan and Tyler, are a great time. And everyone should they listen are. to them. They are. Um, Kayla, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about kind of the concept of, like, the social bonding that happens. I feel like, I want to say especially when, like, people who are socialized as women talk about sex and romance. Just because that's how I know of it. But I know it's a big thing for people socialize as men, too. So Certainly. I mean, I think we'll probably focus more on uh, people socialized as women in this context because that's what we are. Uh, yeah. But I do think, because I feel like a lot of times women are socialized a certain way um, regarding romance, whereas yes. men, it's a lot more regarding sex. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought about this concept recently just because I have never, I guess, had a lot of, like, friends in my life that were super, like, Mm -hmm. romance-oriented, either in high school or college. And I feel like typically, like, I was probably the most romance-oriented of my close friends. I was not. So it didn't give me, like, the chance to, like, talk about that kind of stuff a lot or have, like, that kind of girl talk. Mm -hmm. Um But, like, with friends I've made recently, that's, like, come up more. And I realized, like, how important it was for me, I guess. And it kind of also made me realize that, like, that 
like strong essence of bonding and like social bonding that's just kind of like embedded in society that's like expected of women especially mm-hmm. like a lot of aspec people might just not have it and so it makes it hard to kind of like form those bonds and do that kind of socializing so yeah like the whole like yeah. boy talk who do you have a crush on like that's a that's a really important social thing to be involved with especially when you're when you're young and you're like trying to find your place amongst your peers and like if you're the one kid who's like i I don't have a crush on anyone or like i don't get why we're talking about this so much like that can be really isolating and i i mean we we found this when we were uh reading some of the responses in our our survey for our book but you know there were a couple times where people mentioned that they would just make stuff up <laughs> and we've heard this from others as well like you know if you're asked like oh who do you have a crush on or who do you think this person's hot like people would just lie to to fit in because it is such a crucial part of our social structure yeah and i i feel like i hear that a lot both in like arrow and ace contexts context yeah. and also like lesbian contexts mm-hmm. or gay contexts i guess of like just like the universal experience of like in high school just like picking a crush or yeah. like a spec people realizing later in life that not everyone just picks someone arbitrarily <laughs> yeah. um which is just funny i do want to say before because i feel like we're going to spend a lot of this episode kind of like deconstructing the importance of it mm-hmm. um but i also like i don't want to say it's not important because like, as someone who, like, dates and is in relationships, the importance of it for me comes from, like, getting advice and having people to, like, talk to about my relationships to, like, get help mm-hmm. or just, like, work out feelings or be, like, especially because we have no sex education in this country yeah. or any, like, as an adult going through things of like, hey, does this happen with your body? Or like, when this happens during sex, like, how do you feel about that? Like, Mm -hmm. I do, those conversations are very important. And like, and that's like, one of the reasons I thought about this so much is because I realized like, how much that lacked in my younger life. I'm still Mm -hmm. very young, my even younger life. And like, how much I appreciate having like other friends in long-term relationships or like other friends who have sex like not to say i don't i don't know it, i feel like it sounds bad she but like hates I, me I, I hate sarah yes no but it's you know it's like the concept you have different friends for different things and for a yeah. long time i didn't have the kind of friend for like that particular need in my life yeah um, well and i think to a to a certain extent this podcast also serves as a version of that where it's like Mm -hmm. aloe meets a spec where it's like and i think like you know i think part of the reason a lot of people do enjoy listening to our podcast is because like we're creating here a space where we can have these conversations about like i don't get this like what is this yeah but in a way that doesn't feel judgmental towards the Mm -hmm. people who don't know or don't understand or don't experience certain aspects of the of the love and romance spectrum and the sex all all of it the sex (laughs) yeah well because yeah even like so like this came from a recent experience i was actually at a movie night watching 
um, Twilight, but we were like in between movies, we were like waiting for dinner to be done. And one of my friends had one of those like card games that's like ultra personal questions that's supposed to be like kind of a drinking game bonding mm-hmm. thing. And so we were just like going through them for fun. And as we came to like questions about sex and relationships, like we were all super interested in each other's answers, but like there was still mm-hmm. kind of that like shame and embarrassment. And in the end, mm-hmm. we found that like all of us had very similar experiences and there was like yeah. no reason to be afraid to talk about it. But it is that yeah. like judgment thing. Like, it is hard mm-hmm. to talk about those subjects when it is like that taboo. Yeah. Or even even for me as an Airways person, like I am still interested in hearing about like, you know, the dating lives of like the aloes that I'm close to. Like it's not like I don't ever want to hear any of that stuff. Yeah. It's just that for me it's I don't want it to be so profoundly mandatory from such a young age like you know I I want people like me to be able to feel like they can have those conversations with the friends that they want to have those conversations with and when they want to have those conversations and not like you have to participate in them to to fit in well right because I feel like especially maybe starting in like middle school it's not it does feel mandatory to participate. Like, mm-hmm. if me and Sarah are having a conversation about, like, my dating or sex life, it's not like I then turn around on Sarah and say, so what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it is, I suppose, like, a more one-sided situation. But I feel like yeah. in middle school, it's like, okay, everyone go around the circle and, like, you tell me who you have a crush on and you, like, tell me what you're doing. And it does start... I'm like really young. I remember being in middle school and some girl in my French class was like, I gave someone a blowjob. And I was like, excuse me? Excuse me? That's not something we do. I don't even know how I knew what that is at that age. Probably, I'm I'm sure TV, but like. Yeah. Or like even just like me personally, like I remember like in fifth grade, someone was like, oh my God, like that, that kid has a crush on you. And I was like. Oh, okay. I'll have a crush on him too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, I, cause what, like, obviously in hindsight, like, I was just doing that because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But, like, there was a reason I thought I was supposed to do that, right? Can I tell you? This makes me think sometimes you look back and you're like, wowie wow, a spec. Yeah. There yeah. was in, like, third grade, this kid, who then became, like, incredibly popular in high school, so just Mm -hmm. saying I was, like, the hipster of this man, Mm -hmm. but, like, his friend told me that he, like, liked me, and Mm -hmm. I went up to him, and I, like, made fun of him for (laughs) (laughs) Like, during recess, I, like, go up to, like, the kickball court, and I was like, ugh, so and so bullied this motherfucker. I literally did. Like I literally in front of his friends was like, "Oh, this person told me you like me." Oh my god. Oh. And he immediately stopped liking. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I am sure. I can't I mean, yeah. it was effective if that was your goal. I get I mean, I don't know what my goal unless, was. Unless unless he's just really Unless he, as a third grader, was like, I anticipate when I'm older having, like, a degradation kink. So I'm gonna. <laughs> we don't need to put this in, but do you know where he went to school and played football? Ohio State. Slippery Rock. <gasps> I know. I really I think we up. do have to put this in, actually. Okay. Slippery Rock, just the greatest school there ever was. No one that doesn't go to Michigan will understand. That's Okay. 
All of our Michigan, all of our listeners who are familiar with Michigan will say, oh, fuck yeah, Slippery Rock. (laughs) Anyway, I really fucked up because Slippery Rock is the best school in the country. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I did become profoundly unpopular the next year. And I have always attributed Mm. that to like my hair getting really frizzy. And, like, me mm. becoming ugly in fourth, you know, when you start your ugly phase? <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, maybe it was this very moment, now that I think about it, because he was very popular, mm. and I used, and I was in third grade, too, and then was it? That's, that's such a little tiny Kayla thing to do. Like, that Isn't is, it just? Like, that is absolutely something that I would never in my whole life do, but it is absolutely something you would do, and I just Well, I because I was even worse as a kid. Like, if you think I say <laughs> things too much now, I was, like, a bitch when i was a kid like when i tell you i was like the popular mean girl in first through third grade i was a bitch (laughs) i've talked to my therapist about it i still have a lot of feelings left over about it it's fine um this isn't the point of this show Mm, anyway (laughs) but it does feel like i feel like it really starting from a young age it does like leave Aspects, particularly those who like don't have an interest in dating or in dating or sex, mm-hmm. um, or who just maybe like come to it at a later age or like don't find mm-hmm. it to be as important. I suppose. Yeah. Like it starts so young, but then it like keeps going because even like in the workplace, it's yeah. like, oh, we're sitting at lunch. Like, oh, tell me about your husband or like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Like, do you have any dates or whatever? Like, it just, like, it doesn't stop at that, like, preteen, like, who do you have a crush on stage? Yeah, I mean, because it's so central to our society and the way we structure our society and our world that it's, you know, you have to actively act against that and and you know actively push against it if you want people to stop prioritizing that and you know expecting you to follow along with that little cute little status quo yeah i mean i guess it does like it just makes you think like for work things like if you have like a work party or a work event you get like a plus you one. get a or plus even one. like yeah. weddings like yeah. your plus one is assumed to be a romantic person not yeah. like i mean obviously people bring their friends to weddings all the time but like that is not what it is thought of like right it's like oh this person is dating someone so i need to give them a plus one. Oh, this person's like younger and not dating so i'm not gonna give them a plus one you know yeah what I mean? that's kind of a weird uh phenomenon i found i've experienced which is that when I am invited to weddings and it is not specifically stated if I have a plus one or not, I don't really... Because, like, the people inviting me to the wedding, in theory, know I'm arrow ace. But, like, are they not giving me a plus one because they just... They they aren't? And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> or Or are they not giving me a plus one because I'm arrow ace and they feel like they don't need to? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a whole, we really didn't need to do this wedding episode because I have more thoughts about that, but we yeah. don't need to get into them right now. Or like when, when I, when I brought Miranda to my cousin's wedding, like I specifically asked if I could because yeah. I didn't want to assume that I had a plus one, but also, and my aunt was like, maybe not. And then my cousin found out about it and was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bring her. <laughs> Excuse me. 
<laughs> it's my wedding. Oh my Bring her. <laughs> it's my wedding. I'll cry if I want to. I think, too, this this whole social pressure, like, not I think, I know. This is why so many A-specs force themselves to try and date or to try and yeah. participate in sex and romance in a way that they don't necessarily want to um, when they're young because they feel like they have to. And, like, for me, you know, I, I just... I got very lucky and that I don't give a fuck and like I I've, I've never given a fuck and it's it's fine but not everyone has that same experience and so you know a lot of people do things that they regret or maybe just things that in hindsight they were like why did I bother uh, yeah. because they're they're trying to 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 fit in have you ever like I mean like you said you generally like don't give a fuck but in yeah. like work settings or anything like that has this ever like come up as like oh we're all gonna be talking about this now and you've ever like felt left out in terms of talking about like relationships like dating or sex or anything yeah it not really i think the one time it did kind of come up it wasn't in like a big group setting and like the person i was talking to i felt pretty comfortable with so i was like bro i'm airways and they were like oh man i'm bi and i like sex way too much we're opposites (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay um well that because that's the thing too is like when someone asks you like are you dating yeah. Your options are, I mean, you have a couple. You lie and say, like, yes. Mm-hmm. You tell the mostly truth and are like, no, I don't, I'm not interested right now or whatever. And maybe they just assume, like, oh, you're busy with work or, like, you just think that you're going to be forever alone. Or you, like, have to fully out yourself. Yeah. Because, that's, yeah. I feel that's like hard. I've seen people say that, like, Talk about that, too, of, like, oh, when people ask me, like, oh, my parents ask me if I'm dating or, like, my Mm. friends or my coworkers or whatever. When I tell them, like, no, I'm not really interested, they always assume it's for, like, some sad reason. Like, oh, honey, like, you'll find someone or, like, oh, I promise there's, like, a good guy out there or, like, like, oh, is it because you're so career driven? Like, no one ever takes into consideration that maybe people just, like, genuinely don't want to without... A yeah. secondary motive. Yeah. I mean, that's not considered to be an option. Right. Which I, I think just makes these conversations so much harder when there is that social pressure. Because even for people like you who are you're like, I'm happy to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it would be so much easier to participate in those conversations if you were out. Because yeah. then you could, like, fully be like, here's my perspective from yeah. a person with this identity. But then yeah. you have to, like, out yourself. So it's either that or just, like, nod along and go, right. like, for sure. Well, I also feel those attractions, definitely. And and even aloe queer people can participate in those conversations oh, sure. without necessarily outing themselves. Whether they, just, whether they just lie about pronouns or whether, you know, like, whatever yeah. they do. Like, they can still participate in those conversations without necessarily becoming dangerous for them. But, like, for A-specs, like, either you make shit up, you don't participate, or you out yourself. Like, those are your options. Yeah, and I feel like in the queer community, like, 
Because with other sexualities, it's, and I mean, we've talked about this. It's like when you realize you're gay, you then have like outward gay, you that I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know, would maybe have like outward gay experiences with another person, whether that be dating or sex or something else. But when you're A-spec, it's that you don't necessarily have those experiences. So even mm. in like the queer community, there's a lot of talk about like, you know, like, it, it kind of goes back to us talking about, like, the love is love thing. Like, yeah, the queer community also revolves around sex and romance in the exact same way that, that straight communities do. Right. But for a lot of, like, queer people, it's so intertwined with, like, their coming mm-hmm. out or their, like, coming mm-hmm. to terms with their identity process of, like, yeah. oh, I had this, like, sexual or romantic, like, interaction with this person and that's when i realized or something like that and so i feel like it it's like not even more common but it's just like it has a different weight in the queer community that also makes it hard for like a specs to maybe like feel included even in that Mm -hmm. community that we should belong to does that make sense I think so. I think it's also just like a part of like, you know, I found out my cousin was queer when I found out that she was engaged to a woman. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's not something an A-spec person can do. Like, they can't just come out by saying, this is my partner. I mean, you could say this is my partner, but you'd have to do a lot more explaining. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's just the whole social expectations. But yeah, the, even even to, to accepting communities of other queer folks, like, the the social, like, they still abide by a lot of the social expectations that A-specs don't. Right. And again, not to say that, like, no one should be talking about sex or romance or anything. Yeah. Because it is very important to a lot of people, but I think it's just that idea that, like... The mandatory should, nature of it. Right. That it should be important to everyone. Not that, like oh, we should talk about this when there's something important to talk about, but that it's, like, a default, like, oh, I'm small-talking a person I just met, or, like, oh, I've run out of things to talk to my friends about, so, like, this is what we're gonna, you know, always default to. You talk about the weather, and then you talk about your love lives. (laughs) Like, that's, you know, especially with, with younger people. Thanks, I hate it. It's just, like, I don't know, in our survey for our book, just plug in the book. I feel yeah. like there were a decent amount of people. Like, I feel like it was pretty, like, split, maybe half and half of people being, mm-hmm. like, kind of your mentality of, like, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And other people who were, like, seemed, like, genuinely, like, really sad and kind of just, mm-hmm. like, really, like, like, very hurt and, like, unsure of what to do because of this problem of, like, mm-hmm. feeling very left out feeling like they had to date or had to have sex because like that's what everyone is doing and talking about it's i don't know it's just sad because it it almost feels like you know if asexuality and aromanticism and the spectrums were more known then it would be like i don't know like if the community was bigger and more available because i feel like for us maybe part of the reason that like you're so okay with it is that you know you have a community of people that like aren't doing that that you could go mm-hmm. talk to but for people who right. like don't have any other a specs in their life it's kind of like well this is what i'm stuck with and like there's no one else i can go to and even before i knew other a specs i you know i 
was surrounded by other people who in high school like didn't necessarily date or didn't date as much or they maybe dated but it wasn't like super important to them um and you know that that kind of continued into to college too where i feel like the people i'm i was friends with in college like obviously a lot of them did date but like you know some of them were just like in very long-term relationships and some of them just like only had one relationship like only one person that they ever dated throughout all of college not that they dated them throughout the entire time but like they weren't dating around like they weren't going on a lot of dates and um and like that might just be you know the kinds of people i attract but it definitely it's definitely made it easier for me because i haven't felt as pressured into having those conversations and 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 i wish that was everyone's experience like i wish all aspec people got to have the experience where you know they can have these conversations with people and feel involved and feel welcome without feeling like they have to pretend or make something up and i mean to a certain extent i did that too when i was younger but i didn't necessarily understand why at the time you know yeah and like like once once i understood my identity i kind of stopped doing that and you know so i i would like that for all aspects for you know once they understand uh i i want them to feel like they they don't have to lie and stuff but a lot of people still do just because of you know <laughs> the way the whole thing's built well yeah because like we said you can't like always come out and you don't always have people there which i think is like especially if you live somewhere just like with less people just like a smaller town or just like less diverse like i because i have to imagine like for a good amount of people like this does affect like the building of friendships and relationships especially if the people you're around care a lot about this because i can just Mm -hmm. imagine a world where like okay we're sitting around and we're having girl talk but okay, Stacy is, like, not very involved in our conversation. Like, oh, she's so off-putting. She thinks she's better than us. Like, I can mm-hmm. just imagine imagine so many, like, petty middle school situations where mm-hmm. someone gets, like, ousted out of a friend group because they're, like, not interested in this conversation. Obviously, that's, yeah. like, a very dramatic, like, preteen situation. Right. But I feel like that does carry over into adulthood of, like, even into – not being married when all your friends are married or like you know yeah not doing those big life steps like it moves all the way through that of like it really does affect like how you socialize and how you build relationships because if this is something that's obviously super important that it's like all certain people talk about mm-hmm. then like you're not going to be able to build relationship with them if like that's their most important thing you know if you're not actively participating in these conversations that seem to be so important to everyone else and that seem to be taking up so much of the time of everyone else, you're not going to create strong bonds with those people because right. you're, I mean, you're you just going to be separated yeah. from it. I mean, yeah, it's like having a similar interest to someone. Like, it's not like you have yeah. to have all of the same interests. But if someone has, like, one thing that super interests them and you have, like, you don't want much to do with it, then, yeah, it's going to make it a lot harder to, like, yeah, have a friendship. Yeah. And as we said at the top, obviously, we can't speak as much to the way that men are socialized. But I think, you know, we all know that with men, it's a lot more to do with sex. And it's talking about sex and like, you know, 
the less the romance of it all and more of just like getting down with some bitches i even remember i think i've said this on an episode before but i once Mm -hmm. had a male friend tell me that like kids in middle school like made fun of him for not watching porn yeah it's kind of like absurd um, yeah, and that's a thing, again, that I think starts really young of maybe, like, oh, locker room talk or, like, just mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes. I mean, I think when you're younger for guys, it might be, like, talking about crushes before people yeah. start having sex. Do I know when people start having sex these days? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm sure it does kind of start out as, like, a crush type of thing. But as you get older, I do think it transfers more and more to, like, who's getting laid and, like, who's doing whatever and then especially once you get into college and adulthood like that's for men Mm -hmm. men are supposed to be highly sexual beings and i mean i think that's supposed to quote unquote yeah right it's and that's i think one of the hardest things about being like an asexual person who was raised like socialized as a man is Mm -hmm. like you are going directly against that yeah well and i think too specifically with like teenage boys i think because the whole sexuality puberty thing takes place in a more physical way than with girls Mm. like of like you know just like a poor little kid just getting a boner when he there's nothing he can do about it you know like like i think because that is I mean, it's just a biological thing, but it's visible. And so, like, that forces you into certain conversations about sex in the way, in a way yeah. that, that you know, teenage girls aren't forced into those conversations because it's, it's not something you can visually latch on to. Yeah, because, I mean, thinking of, like, the physicality of it, like, for women, the only thing you can really compare, I guess, is, like, how big your boobs are. Yeah, but, but for that guys, doesn't necessarily mean anything at all. Yeah. I mean, not that anything means anything, but you know what I mean. But, like, well, that's having big boobs doesn't, like, make you better at sex, necessarily, right. you know? But yeah. I just keep going back to, like, the locker room scene because I feel like that's such a big thing, at least, like, mm-hmm. in American schools of, yeah. like, a lot of, like, preteen angst and anxiety going around (laughs) around like having to change in front of other people but for guys it's like your peepus is just right there and that's like your main sex thing so it does make it like it's right there like it makes it a lot easier to talk about and like Like the weird physicality of it all masturbation and stuff girls aren't supposed to do that and so they might not talk about it as much Mm -hmm. but for guys they're supposed to do it all the time so we're going to talk about it all the time and if you don't happen to do it then you're gonna be like the weird one yeah. Yeah, it is it definitely there is a whole other weird layer of it with people socialized as men aside well, from like, as because a, as a man to be single when you're older is like fine. Like yeah. you still might have like your mom getting on you or people being like, Oh, you're such a sweet boy, why don't you, you find need to whatever? Down. Yeah. But it's like much more okay to be a bachelor. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, I'm super focused on work because I'm a man who works at J.P. Morgan than to be a woman who... Right. And again, those are excuses and motives rather than just like not being interested. But I think it, you right. know, it's a lot more acceptable for men to just be like, no, 
Yeah, well, and it's also assumed that they're, you know, taking care of their urges in other ways. Whereas for women, it's like, okay, well, if you're not dating someone, then you're probably not having sex. You're not supposed to be having sex. Right. (sighs) Shit's fucked. Shit is fucked. It just makes, like, I don't know. It's just sad. Because I know there's a lot of people out there like you who are like, I'm fine. But I also know mm-hmm. that there's genuinely, like, a lot of ASPEC people who are, like, it's, like, one, like, that's one of the hardest things about mm-hmm. being ASPEC is that, like, is that what it really comes down to is just that, like, you see the world differently. And this is, like, one of the huge ways that that manifests that, like, yeah. really never goes away. Like, no matter how old you get or what situation mm-hmm. you're in, like, moving from school to work. To like, yeah. I feel like even after you retire, like, you know, if you happen to be single, it's like, you yeah, know. it's all about fitting in. Humans want to fit in. Humans want to feel like they're a part of the group. Humans want to be liked. And when you can't participate in the the rituals that those communities do together, it's I mean, you you start to get separated from that and you don't feel as though you're a part of that community and you don't feel like you're liked and you don't feel like you are a part of the group and and that's i mean on some people that's that's really fucking hard because as i said we're we're humans we're pack animals we want you know we want that validation and so if you're in a community in a society in a whatever uh that really only where we're only there's only one way of existing and you have to conform to that then it can be really disheartening and really difficult if you if you can't or won't conform to that yeah and i think it like it presents like different issues no matter where you are on the spectrum because i feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of this we're maybe talking from the perspective of someone who like doesn't want to have sex at all or date at all. But mm-hmm. even, like, for me as someone who's demisexual, if I'm having a conversation with someone about, like, sex or something, I feel like I especially experienced this in college. Like, the way I go about dating and sex is fundamentally different from someone who's aloe. And mm-hmm. so they're maybe not going to understand that. It's going to make the conversation harder. They're going to maybe have questions about, like, well, why do you date like that? Like, oh, you think Mm -hmm. you're better than me, blah, 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 that whole thing about demisexuals. But, like, no matter where you are on the spectrum, maybe you're, like, the most sex-favorable asexual person out there. The way you think about sex and experience or don't experience that attraction is still so different that, like, you're you're not gonna, even if you have sex and date the same as anyone else, like, the mindset mm-hmm. and the attraction is so different that there's still going to be a disconnect. And it's, like, still, it's still not going to be quite right. You don't and fit if, the standard. Right. Like, you're not dating or thinking about dating necessarily in the same way. Or you're not, you know, experiencing the attraction in the same way. And people, when they're talking about that thing, might not use words like attraction and be like, oh, I was so sexually attracted to this man <laughs> at this moment. But, like, we all yeah. know yeah, and, context clues. We get it. Right. And so you just, you know, you kind of know, like, even if I'm going through the same motions as you, the, the motives behind it are maybe not the same. Yeah. And so it's or, still really disconnecting no matter where you are on that spectrum. 
Yeah, or like you might be able to relate to the conversation on the the romance front and like everything there, you know, it lines up with your experience. But then when it comes to sex, if you're demi, you know, so like you, you may feel like, okay, cool, like I'm part of the group for, for part of this conversation, but then it takes a turn and you're like, oh, wait, fuck, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a part of this in the same way and they you know people expect you to be and then you have to be like well actually no i I experience this differently and then you're like now i'm doing a ted talk about demisexuality (laughs) yeah well like i'm thinking of like for people who are in like maybe you are romantic and asexual and you're in a long-term relationship like people are gonna mm-hmm. if they don't know that you're asexual they're going to assume certain things about your relationship mm-hmm. and like yeah they're going to assume you have sex because that's yes. what's assumed and so say you're talking to your friends who are also in long-term relationships you're talking about your relationship troubles or whatever this person is like lamenting that they don't have sex anymore and it's this huge big thing and they ask you about it are mm-hmm. you going to out yourself and then like Something I saw in the survey was people talking about, like, I'm in a long-term relationship. My partner is not A-spec. And so when I tell people that I'm A-spec, they not only know things about me, but now they know things about my partner and our yeah. joint sex life. Yeah. And so you're, like, you're putting things out into the world about you and someone else. that whether Whether they're true or not. Like, whether those assumptions are true or not. Right. And it shouldn't be a big deal, ideally, whether you're having sex or not. And, like... You know, we would wish that the partner wouldn't feel, like, embarrassed or whatever by being out there. But that's Mm -hmm. just, like, how it is. And so, yeah, yeah, it just makes it even harder when those assumptions are there. And the only way to refute them is by, like, fully coming out. Yeah. And then also you kind of have the other situation where it's, like, the whole, like, no sex until marriage, abstinence, blah, blah, blah. But then, so, like, I mean, you can always use that excuse, like, oh, you know, we're just, we're very Christian or whatever. But, like, you know, yeah. once once you're married, there are expectations. And, right. you know, the, I, I like, in, like, super, like, evangelical or, like, Mormon um, communities, like, they're, like, not allowed to talk about sex, not allowed to whatever. But then as soon as they're married, it's, like, here are the expectations. You have to be doing this. You have to, like, like. Yeah. Like, you must please your husband, you know, like that sort of thing. And, like, that's that's a whole other beast. Yeah. it's. I mean, that kind of expectation, I feel like we could do a whole podcast about that, about, like, when mm. you're younger and you don't date, you're, like, good. Your parents mm. are like, oh, we never had to worry about her dating. It was mm-hmm. so good. And then you hit, like, 20 and it's like, well, you need to date so we can get yeah. grandchildren. And like, it's like, when does that doing? switch flip? <laughs> Like, yeah. it's very, I feel like it's very confusing for an A-spec person mm-hmm. to go from, like, oh, I'm the good girl who my parents are proud of for never dating, and now it's mm-hmm. suddenly a problem. Like, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, though. Ugh. I hate it. Do you have anything else to add to this? I no, I mean, I wish I could be like, and here's how to fix it. But it's <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah. Because there's only, like, you know, obviously the best advice is to, like, find friends who you, like, feel comfortable sharing your perspective with Mm -hmm. that you, like, could maybe come out to so they could understand or that would, even without coming out, understand, like, that's not something you're super interested in. But, like, that's really hard to do sometimes. So, like, that's not even... I mean, there's just not much. And a lot of times, like, you can't be like, I'm looking for friends who will respect this aspect of me. You can't do that without coming out like <laughs> yeah you yeah it's because that's like a weird thing to say without context like, exactly you know that seems it's just very random yeah 
I don't know. It's tough out here for a hoe. It's hard out here for a bitch. Um, well, Kayla, what is our poll for this week? <laughs> I don't know. Is it hard out here for a bitch? Yes or yes? Um, I mean, maybe... Maybe we could we could kind of do a poll of like of the aspects in the world. Who's a who's a me? Who's a Sarah? And that they just like don't give a fuck. And who's someone who's like 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 are are you more of a Sarah or are you someone that like still you know struggles with that or are you like somewhere ping ponging in between? Like I'm just kind of curious to see like what where our listeners are at in terms of that and like there's not a right or wrong answer necessarily but i don't know how to write that well on a scale from sad to sarah right now i've written down are you a sarah or do you be sad and i'm hoping future me will understand that and Mm -hmm. come up with something okay good um kayla what is your Mm -hmm. beef and your juice this week um my beef is anxiety. Mm, um, a classic. Just not fun. I woke Recurring up. Recurring villain on this season. Yeah. It's it's really, it is just kind of lurking. Series through regular. The, through the plot line of our show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I woke up at like 4 a.m. to go to the bathroom. And then I was awake because I had to go to the bathroom. And then for some reason, I was like, it's time to be anxious about the fact that I don't know what my Christmas travel plans are yet because I have two cats and a partner whose family's on the other side of the country from mine. And I, this is not a problem I can fix without my partner being there. He's not home. It's 4 a.m. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do about it. And I, it, I couldn't go back to sleep because mm-hmm. I was so concerned about it. And I had to put on the Great British Baking Show on the television to fall back asleep to. And I still, like, it was like an intrusive thought. A couple times I still went back to it. And I had to be like, no, no. No, no, no. We're watching the cooking. We're talking about the bake. We are talking about the bake. Are there soggy bottoms? And we need to concentrate. (laughs) So that's fun. Um, My juice, I got a standing desk. That's fun. Finally arrived. Package. Long awaited. Yeah. Um, I did throw out my back, probably moving all the furniture in my house by myself yesterday. It was a bad idea, but needed. it didn't need to happen. But it did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. My beef is... Uh, so I, 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 I went out over the weekend. There was BTS night, so we went ham. <laughs> Uh, which was very fun. Uh, the problem uh, is that the next day, my body said, I'm just going to, like, ache and hurt. And it's not like I'm, I mean, I'm not in shape, but, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not so out of shape that, like, that would, you know, cause me. My body was just like, now my shoulders are mad at me now. Mm-hmm. What? Um, and uh, it's still annoying and bad and i'm taking a red eye in a couple days uh which is only going to make it worse (laughs) yay uh super excited to leave straight from work to go to the hellscape that is lax to fly to new york to spend an hour on the subway to make myself look human to roll up to (laughs) comic-con 
Yeah, Sarah is not sleeping before we, like, do our panel, so very interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I hope I sleep some on the plane, but... I I also hope that. <laughs> I don't like, no guarantees. Um, my juice is, uh, it's still the fucking key album. It's so good. Hmm. Also, in the song Saturday Night, who is Zachary? Who is Stacy? These are the questions that haunt me. Um, Kayla, uh, for our listeners, I don't know why I addressed this to you. This isn't addressed to you. If okay. uh, hey, 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 listeners, <laughs> if you want to tell us about your beef, your juice, your theories on who Zachary and Stacy are, uh, you can hit us up on our social media at Sounds Fake Pod. We also have a Patreon, Patreon.com/SoundsFakePod. Our five dollar patrons who are promoting this week are Colleen Walsh, Maddie, Super Sarah, Bagel, and Edward Hayes. Whole gate. And we have a new $5 patron. It is Brandon Smith. Thank you, Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. Our $10 patrons who we're promoting this week are Simona Simon, who would like to promote QIS Magazine, which is a Slovak magazine for queer people. Rosie Costello, who would like to promote sticks, preferably long sticks. Rosie, you're the best. Hector Mario, who would like to promote friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person. And you know what? We'll throw one more in. We got Jay, who would like to promote their podcast, Outcast. We also have a new $10 patron, which me and Kayla are both confused and baffled by, but very intrigued. The most baffling patron request I think we've ever received. David Nurse, are you okay? Was your hangover bad? Did you find your sweater on the London Underground? David would like to promote the fact that they lost their sweater on the London Underground. So, <laughs> do we know it a what jumper, the s- but we're translating to America. <laughs> yeah. Do we know do we know what the sweater looks like? Where no. you might find it in the London, no. London Underground? No. No. There's just a sweater on the <laughs> London Underground and David really wants you to know about it. David, we're confused by your messages, but we support you and we hope that you find your sweater. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that we you really. Will, but I don't think he, you know what. And I hope you get a new, equally as good or yeah. even better sweater. Is yes. what I hope for you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Our other ten dollars patrons are Arknes, Benjamin Abara, Anonymous, My Aunt Jeannie, Cast, Doug Rice, HVLD, Barefoot Backpack Over, The Steve, Back Over. That's what I said. Barefoot Back Over, The Steve, Rek, Maddie, Derek, and Carissa, Kadir, Potato, Changeling, Max, David, J, The Stubby Tech. And that's it. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, NathanielJWhiteDesigns.com, my mom Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, and the fact that she went upstairs. Hmm. She had her knee replaced a couple weeks ago. So, like, that's like a big, she went all the way up the stairs. All of it's them. Very exciting. Huge news. Um, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Ollie Everywhere. Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone's Special, and No One is Layla, who would like to promote Love is Love, also applying to Arab people. Shrubbery, who would like to promote the planet Earth. Shonda J. Brown. Maggie Pablo, who would like to promote the dogs Leia, Minnie, and Loki. Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. Click for Caroline, who I finally fucking checked to see what she promoted. Hmm. And you know what? She never answered us. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Which we have, we have messaged her on other platforms since then. Just, you know, we never got an answer. So for, so Caroline is promoting, um, uh, uh, J. Luke Love Me and Dragonfly, who would like to promote, um, 
my fall candle that I like very much. Uh, our $20 patrons are Sarah T, who would like to promote long walks outside, and Hum, hum of Spades, who would like to promote getting enough vitamin D while holding your beloved fall candle. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows.